2: Legends say, in ancient times, when the gods walked with man, within the traditions of the Norse that were passed from the Celts, that there were warriors who traveled through the spiritual realms. These warriors spent their days on earth as shamans, guiding the members of their clan to spiritual understanding. These shamans knew the Lanvedi. They were known as Uv Hefnar of Odin, the Allfather, and Valhalla. Today, the modern Uv Hefnar continues the tradition of using magic and wisdom to help our clansmen and women find harmony. In the traditions of our ancestor, the Uv Hefnar now invites those who seek knowledge to come forth to the circle of knowledge, to share our experiences and find commonality amongst all. Following in the traditions of his ancestors, Dr. Mark Wiseman offers hope and peace in his message of understanding our personal spirituality. Join us now for this week's message, here with the Alaska Ool Hefnar.
3: Let us call upon the House of Odin. In Asgard, that he and Freya will hear our desires and provide us with their favor. <laughs> hey, Lord of Asgard, warrior and wanderer, valiant and wise, you to whom all the gods of Asgard look, sky father. On the eight-legged steed, you who traded an eye for wisdom and ruled a turbulent realm, give us the wisdom to accept the twists and turns of fate. Even as you surrendered yourself to the mercies of the Norn, protect us all, Father, from what harm may come to us. Lead us through the wilderness and bring us safely that great hall that you reserve only for the brave or spirit. Odin, we come to you today to seek your wisdom and guidance. We ask that you bestow upon those here the wisdom about the subject in which we speak. Be with them as they go forth and live their lives. Let us sip the cup of Odiner to bestow the wisdom of Gavasar. We ask for your guidance. That you be with us and guide us through the challenges that hell lay before us. Help us to recognize Loki as he attempts to deceive us, our true path. Hail Odin! <laughs> our podcast. This week I would like to discuss religion contrasted to spirituality. We've talked about those many pieces that compose these two large more vague terms but this week I'd like to break it down a little bit. Before I do, however, I wanted to draw your attention to the turn to final. Uh, The book is out, Uh, it's available at Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon, Powell's, uh, and uh, the Goodread. So I would encourage you to, to, to get a copy for yourself, look through it, and practice addressing our spiritual connection. And the book will walk you through a series of meditation exercises that should help you connect to your spirituality, not your religion, spirituality. So during this segment, this first part, what I'd like to do is talk about defining religion And then dividing religion into its core subjects. Because there's a couple of pieces to it. Further defining the split between our individual spirituality and the practice that has, well, quite honestly, just grown from the very beginning of its inception. So talk about ways to identify a practice versus our theology, our spirituality. The first I- identifier of a practice would be thou shall do this thou shalt do that Whatever the the that and this are, the key is when I'm trying to control your behavior, it's practice. If I'm trying to control my own behavior and my own uh, connection to my spiritual sense, then it's a, it's theology. It's your spiritual connection, and that's very important, very very important. Practice is not spirituality it's a practice hence it's called practice this is a very critical piece to understand because what the separation what has essentially traversed the eons since its inception is the practice spirituality kind of is fluid, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but my point is with a practice, it's very rigid, and it's more behavior-based, where spirituality is more connection-based. You could almost say a practice forces the individual, whereas spirituality allows us to make the right decisions. So, when we talk about, as an, as an example, with the members of the Norse, the members of the Norse had nine noble virtues that they followed in every aspect of their life, and those were ranging from courage and strength and hospitality and self-reliance, and all of these things honor a, a being the top-upmost one. But it was these noble virtues that
2: all all
3: Scandinavians at the time would have lived by. With that said, what the monotheistic practices did was bring in this behavior demand to make it, to kind of force their their attendees, their subscribers, to follow these nine noble virtues, whereas the Norse people believed that was the way to be. I mean, there was no there was no alteration to that. Because right. anything outside of that would make you an outlaw, and, and therefore condemned to uh, the darker side of hell. So when we talk about demanding. Obedience—we're actually talking about a practice. We're not talking about uh, our spirituality. In the book, um, turn to final. Um, I mentioned it in uh, chapter four when I'm talking about theology. I'm actually beginning to address some of those, and it starts uh, roughly uh, the descriptions that I'm, I'm mentioning are on page 119. And it begins to understand or begins to lay out what really is a theology and a belief system versus what's the practice. And it's very, very critical that we understand the difference between those because one will lead us to uh, uh, not fulfillment, the other one will lead us to fulfillment. So we'll feel whole, we'll feel all together in the right way. So it's very, very important that we understand which side that we're on there. So very important that we draw that distinguishable line. And
2: now, a short break for these commercials. You're listening to the Alaska Ulf Hefnar.
0: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission?
3: Thank you for taking that quick break with us. When we left, we were kind of finishing up talking about uh, discerning the difference between a practice and a and the spiritual underlying, or underlayment, if you will, um, that really became monotheism decades uh, later. When we talk about monotheism, And the combination of the spiritual side and the practice side, this whole entirety is referred to as a religion. So it has a spiritual component and it has a practice component. Practices, unfortunately, have a history of being exploited. And it's just one of those things, it happens. Um, certain people get power and they they feel they can use it to their advantage and they did for for millennia when we talk when we hear stories of men and women for that matter who demanded obedience that's what we're talking about we're talking about a practice and practice When we talk about fulfillment and and we look at the balance scale of spirituality and ego, we know the higher up the spiritual connection is, the lower the ego is. Vice versa, we know when the spirit is low, the ego is high. And with the ego as high, we find you have supremacy issues, as we talked about last week. We we have you know command and control because we need to be in charge, and that's when we have a lot of ego, and we we are exuding that bravado because that's that's what lack of a spiritual connection will do. Again, as we move that up we make our associations with our ancestors and the like, excuse me. (coughs) We find ourselves becoming stronger in the spirit, and when we're stronger in the spirit, we're we're less ego, we're less needing to be controlled because we understand the equality of all life on, on Earth. Whether it be a tree, whether it be a dog, whether it be a mouse, it matters not. So we need to very clearly delineate what is practice. Now, where am I going with this? You're probably wondering. We're going to a place where when we identify the practice and we get that nailed down, we can begin to see where others have tried to influence or dictate our behavior. That has left indelible marks throughout the millennia. Many people still suffer, even today, they suffer with guilt and shame, even though they declare that they have no spiritual connection, they're non-religious, they're whatever. These are the same people who suffer with debilitating guilt or shame that they picked up because their life currently doesn't match this Idealistic uh, vision that they've had uh, given to them by the monotheistic practice, and this is very, very important that we understand this, because theology—if we boil it down—even even the Webster's Dictionary and the Oxford Dictionary both agree that theology is defined as the study of the nature of God and spiritual beliefs. So. Theology is the study of the nature of God. Nature of God. Nature. No God, just nature. Why? Because nature is a God. She is Mother Earth, and that is nature. Now, they're referring to it in another way, but when we ultimately boil all the way, all of this nonsense, We can get to a place where we understand that we are just part of a huge system. And that huge system is designed to benefit all of us. All all of humanity, all life forms are all to blossom under the guidance of Mother Earth and the Creator, or as I refer to them as Freya and Odin. So, some people may see differently. They may see uh, that uh, each facet of their deity is uh, a deity in of itself. It has very controlling properties. It It can do magic things. That becomes what we refer to as polytheism. Polytheism meaning more than one many. Some people look at um, their deity through a very limited view. A very limited view. And it can only be this way or or it's wrong or we live in sin or whatever. Those people are monotheists or believe in monotheism. I'm always reminded when speaking of, of the, the theism's in this case. I'm always reminded of the puddle, and I, I I definitely pull it out in the in the book. But the puddle can be viewed from one direction. We we like it. This is the way it is. This is the way it's always been, and this is the way it will be. Or we could change our direction just a little and look at it now from this angle. And from this angle, it looks a little different. The reflection off the surface of the water may be different. We may be able to see some, some things underneath the shoreline of the puddle that was closest to our other view, but because our view kind of looked over it, we couldn't see it before, but now we can. And as we begin to move around the puddle, we gain more and more insight as to the depth, as to the width, as to the breadth of this puddle. And we return back to our home circle, or back to our home space, and we realize all of those views, nobody was wrong. Nobody was out of line. They were just looking at the puddle from a different perspective. Which brings up the next circle around the puddle. Which is when we begin to talk to others standing around the puddle, and we say, "You know, what do you see in the puddle? What do? You, how do you see the puddle?" And we begin to get this this conversation started that then enlightens us even further as to the uh, advantage of seeing with a bigger picture and realizing that all those people standing around the puddles, or when we were walking around the puddle and looking at the puddle from a different angle, n- nobody was wrong. We're just different. And that's, that's important. That's really, really important because no one is wrong in their belief system. No one is wrong in their spirituality. No one is wrong in their theism. we are just different. And that different is good. Different is very good. So, when we talk about spirituality, one of the things I am always reminded of is this concept of an infinite being. Infinite. Think about that for a moment. Ponder that. Infinite. Infinite means everything. Everything's included. Nothing's excluded. Infinite is everything, and that's that's the way we should see our spirituality.
2: No one is wrong. And now a short break for these commercials. You're listening to the Alaska Oof Hefnar.
3: And thank you for taking that break with us. One of the things we were talking about just before the break is infinite. And we were talking about all-inclusive of infinite. What is infinite? Many people have told me, oh, well, our, our God is infinite. He's an infinite being. And that's okay. Okay. Because you're right, the deities do contain all the energies of the cosmos, so it makes sense. But what does infinite mean, really? Think about it. If you could see an infinite being, as an example, out there across the street, there he is, infinite being. What would he look like? What would he be including? What would be part and parcel of him or her? What would be that? What would it look like? And you start thinking about that for a minute and you come up with this idea that I can only see one sliver of a being that is infinite. And if a being was infinite, they would surely cover the whole Earth. You, you could see them anywhere on Earth. In which case, you would have a multitude of words that could describe him. Or her. They could have multiple names. Our... Our infinitesimal... labels of a name that we put to this, being of infinite is inconsequential in the big picture of things. I mean, it's, it's so menial, it really is. So whether I call God, God, Yahweh, Allah, Buddha, or even Zeus, Ra, Odin, it, it matters not, I, I can refer to it as, as Dagba, or Freya, or Freyr, anything, it's just a minutiae of what is infinity and infinity being the infinite god, or deity figure at which we are referring to, so very little there, really, so when we contrast Spirituality, spirituality embraces the entirety of infinity. We know that the spirits are contained within the trees, within the grass, within birds, within dogs, within other humans. We know that life force flows through these beings like it flows through us. Spirituality includes that. theism monotheism and I'm referring back to some of my earlier th- uh, l- lessons and learning um, with with a church theisms while well, they allow for the connectivity of spirituality using this this term that's come lately called the Holy Spirit the Trinity and they, they kind of morphed this idea of where we know the spirits of all of these beings are themselves, their own entity they, they're their own person, place or thing they, they don't They're not connected to me, they're not connected to the deities. They're their own person, basically. And what the the church has always thought is that that's the Holy Spirit moving through them. Well, yes and no. Yes, it is a spirit, and no, it's not one particular spirit. It's everything has its own spirit. And they talk to us and they create energy and they pass energy to us. They're just like us, really. My my fear is that people get contained with their definition of what is a deity and what is spiritual connectivity. And I really want to make sure that we we can draw that line and say, no, that's not spirituality. That's a practice that's trying to modify my behavior to act a certain way. It has no value to me. Sin has no value to me. I, I don't accept it as being real. Now, if you tell me I'm a jerk, okay, why am I a jerk? Well, because I'm telling you the truth. Okay, if that makes me a jerk, I'm good. Whatever it takes to get the truth out there is what's important to me. So I'll take any names that are assigned, much like my deity, who can be called everything. Sometimes it's Bob. Sometimes it's John. Sometimes it's Odin. Sometimes it's Ra. Matters not. It's an infinite being. So, the next time you're sitting down to a discussion about your beliefs, I want you to ponder, if only for a moment, the idea of infinity. What does infinity mean? It's not just a car company. No, it's everything. Everything around us. Even us. Even the inside of us. It's all of that. Times ten. Thousand. Infinity is quite substantial. So, to limit infinity to one name, to one set of behaviors, to one way of seeing things, is to limit that Deity immensely. You you don't allow for the Deity's breath of coverage over the whole cosmos. You're you're very limited in your scope, and that's that's a struggle that many people have. And quite honestly, it, it can be... it can be quite painful. And so, I encourage us to think about, with our discussions, think about infinity. And what does infinity mean to you and to the people that you're speaking to? Well, everyone knows that that's the bell, and the bell is for our meditative uh, portion of the show, where we talk about what we should be kind of exercising, maybe some ideas, for meditation, and so, with no further ado, I would like us and and if you get a chance, definitely pick up a copy. Uh, there's some great exercises in there where we discover our intrinsic spirituality, not our religion, not our practice. What do we believe is our spiritual connection to both the deities and the spirits out there, as well to our ancestors who watch over us every day, every minute of every day, as they are always with us. So what does does that look like? And so I encourage you, take some time in your meditation, Meditate, what you believe.